happy Mother's Day to you. And I hope you didn't forget uh, that today was Mother's Day. And, uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to Revelation chapter 14. In your bulletin, there are several important announcements, so just remember to take a look at those. Um, especially uh, if your kid's planning to go to camp, I need to know uh, today uh, so we can get them registered for camp uh, coming up. And then uh, on the 22nd, we've got a, a special day with lots of stuff going on, so uh, make plans to be here uh, for that. So, all right, so... Um, you know, there's an old saying, uh, be sure your sins will find you out. Uh, and that is uh, particularly, it's, it's true. Uh, if, it, if it doesn't happen here on earth, it will happen when you stand uh, before the Lord. And, um, you know, we've got uh, that reminder, but most of the time, uh, eventually we get uh, caught. Uh, our our wrongdoings sometimes will will eventually uh, float to the surface, and uh, it seems like sometimes, especially uh, as you're trying to live right, and there's all kinds of wicked people around that that seem to be flourishing. What gives, God? It's not fair. Uh, I'm I'm working and toiling and trying to do what's right, uh, and I can't seem to, you know, get three steps ahead. And that fool over there is doing all, he's robbing and cheating and lying, and it seems to be gold for him, and that's not fair. And uh, so uh, John chapter 14 uh, is the end of this parenthesis that John puts in here. Uh, in chapters 12, 13, and 14 are a little break from uh, the judgments that God is uh, showing John that are going to happen uh, in the last days. Uh, remember, John wrote this uh, to be an encouragement uh, to the church uh, to remind God's people that God is faithful and that God will be victorious, and so hang in there, don't give up, uh, and that God is not unaware of the difficulties that uh, you face uh, in life. And so, um, and so let's take a look. Beginning in verse 1, it says, Then I looked. And behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of the loud thunder. And I heard the sound of the harpists playing their harps. And they sang as it were a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being firstfruits to God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Verse 6 says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach those who dwell on earth to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, 
fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who uh, made heaven and earth and sea and the springs of water. And another angel followed, <coughs> excuse me, saying, uh, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his head, a hand, uh, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And then the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they do not rest day or night who worship the beast in his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, on the cl and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Verse 15, And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust uh, in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap. The harvest of the earth is ripe. And so he who sat on the cloud thrust his earth was reaped. And the angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp And another came out from the altar who had power over fire, and he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And so the angel thrust the sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city and blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for 1,600 furlongs. And so John here is reminding us of some important truths uh, that we need to remember and, and remember as an encouragement. So he wraps up this little parenthesis with this encouragement, this uh, of reminding folks that, hey, listen, God is still uh, on the throne, and he's still um, victorious, he's still watching over you. Uh, and so as he begins um, to, to wrap this up, he, he sees uh, the Lamb. And the 144,000, and uh, the Lamb is Jesus, of course, and the 144,000 is uh, not a literal 144,000. Rather, it uh, is a, a word picture uh, to represent the people of God. Uh, and, you know, there's 12 um, tribes of Israel and uh, 12 uh, apostles, um, 12 times 12 is 144, and then 1,000, you know, it shows, you know, kind of uh, all-encompassing or, or perfect number. So a lot of folks, uh, commentators, think that that is uh, trying to signify the, the people of God. 
Um, and so they're presented, and he sees the lamb, and um, you know, they, he reminds me, he said, these are the ones that have been faithful. Uh, they weren't defiled with women, for they were are, are virgins. And he's not talking about uh, physical virgins. Rather, he's talked about those that have not uh, gone after Satan in the ways of this world. Uh, the Old Testament, especially in the book of Proverbs, kind of personalizes um, our uh, wisdom as well as unwisdom, if you will, uh, in, in female terms. And I think that's the, the idea that John is trying to get across here. That these were uh, men and women and boys and girls that had kept uh, the faith, that they had endured, and that they had followed God and knew Jesus Christ as, as Lord and Savior. They put their faith in him. I think there's three important things then after he gives us this introduction. Uh, and the first is to remind us that there is a song. Uh, after he sees uh, this vision uh, and tells us about uh, these 144,000 folks that were gathered there, uh, he sees angels. Of course, angels have a, a lot of work to do in the book of Revelation. We see a lot uh, uh, of them. Uh, and so he says in verse 6, I saw another angel in the midst of heaven. Um, and uh, you know, so all these angels are, are around here doing uh, various things, but notice that these saints were singing a song, and it was a song that no one else could sing, and it was a song something to the effect of, I've been redeemed, that they celebrated the fact that the lamb was not dead. He was the ultimate and final sacrifice. And Jesus shed his innocent, perfect blood to pay my sin debt and your sin debt and the sin debt of all the world. That's something that the angels couldn't find, that the animals couldn't find, only uh, mankind and only those that had accepted that great offer. Uh, and so because of them accepting that great gift, God gave them a song in Scripture in the Old and New Testament talks about there being a song in the heart of the believer. That when God comes into our life, though things are not perfect and there's still difficulties, there's still temptations that we battle with, there's a song uh, in, in our heart. There's joy and there's melody because God has come into our life and we are not what we used to be, for we've been made new. That's something worth celebrating, and it's something worth singing about. Uh, and the Bible, we, as we often remind ourselves, talks about making a joyful noise, a, a joyful sound. And you know, just like uh, when you go to an elementary school concert, uh, you know, it, the, those young kids, uh, very few of them can sing in tune. Uh, and... Yet, you, as you sit there and you listen to those little ones, it's lovely music, isn't it? Oh, and all the mamas and the grandmas, the tears coming down their face. And say, oh, that's my baby. Isn't she adorable? She's just the best little singer. Uh, because it's a sweet sound to you because they're your babies. Well, the song that the saints will sing are, is sweet uh, to the ears of God. And sweet to the ears of other believers. 
And we should always remember that we have a song, even in dark days, that we have a song of joy and a song of redemption because we are not alone and we are not what we used to be and we are not destined for a, a judgment of eternity in hell, but rather we're destined for an eternity in heaven uh, with the Almighty. And that's something to sing about. Uh, and so even as we gather together in church, uh, you know, it's so important that we uh, remember that, hey, listen, there's something special that happens when God's people come together and lift their voices. Um, and so it may be a song you don't like. That's all right. It's not for you. It's for God. And so you sing to him. You say, well, I'm not the best singer. Well, that's all right. Belt it out anyway. Because God is smiling as we sing praises to him. So John first reminds us that there's a song, and then uh, the, this other angel comes in verse 6 and reminds us that there is a sermon. In, in verse 6 and following, uh, this other angel comes and uh, says, Listen, we've got the gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth. And notice what it says. To every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. And there are some who believe that there's only certain ones that are going to make it. Or there's only certain ones that Jesus died for. We as Free Will Baptists proclaim, and one of our distinctives is we believe that Jesus Christ died for all mankind. Why do we believe that? Because that's what the Scripture says. And this is one of those places. It says, every tongue, tribe, nation, and people. So that tells us that the sacrifice of Jesus was not just made for European folks, or Middle Eastern folks, or African folks, or Asian folks. Jesus' sacrifice was made for all people. Why? Because all people are sinners and need forgiveness. And Jesus' death on the cross was sufficient to pay the sin debt of all mankind. But that doesn't mean that, there's, that everybody's going to get to heaven. How did you come into a relationship with God? Somebody told you about Jesus. And what he did on the cross for you and, and helped lead you to accept that great and free gift by faith. It may have been a mom or a dad or a Sunday school teacher or a pastor or a deacon or, you know, and it may have been at church, it may have been at home, it may have been at Denny's, it may have been out in the woods. But wherever it took place and whoever was there with you, you came into a relationship with God because you heard the gospel. And by faith you received that free gift. You understood that, and I hope you do, that we don't get to heaven on anybody's coattails. We can't get to heaven because we're good. We can't get to heaven because grandma was a good lady and a Sunday school teacher or that granddad or dad was a deacon uh, or a trustee in the church. We have to get there on our own, but here's the thing, not on our own works. Because on our own works, we fail miserably. We 
can't get there by our works. And that's why Jesus had to come. And so this angel said, there is a sermon that needs to be preached, to the, the gospel needs to be preached uh, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. And Jesus, in fact, said that he would come back when that happened. After everybody, every nation, tribe, and tongue had, had heard the gospel, that was, going to be a, that was one of the things that Jesus said was going to happen before he came back. And here John is reminding us of that important truth. And so the message was, yes, there's this gospel of Jesus, and there's also a great judgment coming. And so John wants to remind the church that even in the midst of difficulty, we are to proclaim the gospel message. We're all praying for Ukraine and different places around the world where there's war and tragedy and, and injustice. And yet Ukraine is one of the largest missionary sending countries in all of Europe. It, it sends more people out to other places than any other country in Europe. And I've heard, you know, because because of some friendships that I have and some things that I've been able to do, I have some relationships with folks in Ukraine and uh, keep up with them. And I hear that during this time of war, there, there's tragedy and there's death and, and all kinds of, of stuff that goes on with war. But also people are coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Because they're saying, you know what, maybe I'm secure on my own. And maybe there is a God that I need to depend on. And God's people, the church, are standing up and shelter and uh, medical needs and, and various other things for the people in the name of Jesus. And as they're doing that, guess what they're doing? They're preaching a sermon. They're saying, you know what? Jesus loves you and so do we. Though enemies will come with bombs and tanks and machine guns, we come with the cross of Jesus. And we come with the gospel of a message of peace and hope and love. But also a reminder, if you think this war is bad, you haven't seen anything yet. Because the judgment of God, and when God sends these judgments upon the earth that we're talking about here uh, in Revelation and it's not going to be pretty. And so the angel reminds us that, listen, we have a responsibility to preach the message of the good news of Jesus Christ to all people. That's our responsibility. It's God's responsibility for the results. But our responsibility is to go and tell the message. And so that's why we have missionaries come to our church and why we support and, you know, financially support and, with, and pray for uh, our missionaries around the world. Because we understand that Jesus is coming back someday. And before he comes back, he wants everybody that can possibly hear the message to hear the message and have an opportunity to come to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior by faith. Now, 
you will preach and share the gospel of folks, and sometimes it falls on deaf ears, and they don't respond. And our missionaries do the same. But that's okay. Because all we're responsible for is sharing the message. And the individual then is accountable for what they do with hearing that message. And so John reminds the church there's a song, and a beautiful song, a joyful song that only the redeemed can sing. And then he reminds us that there's a sermon, and then lastly he reminds us there is a sickle. John reminds us as he's made this encouragement and he also, and you know, sometimes we want to just take the good parts of the Bible and the happy things and just leave the rest out. But we can't do that. We've got to take the whole thing. And God certainly is love. God does love everyone. But God is also holy. And God will not let sin go unpunished. That as much as he loved Adam and Eve, he couldn't allow them to stay in the garden and he couldn't let, let it just slide. That they had sinned, he had to punish them. And sin at that very moment, the first time it entered into the world, has been causing trouble for mankind. And Jesus was the way that that could be made right. Because the price of sin is death. And the thing that covers sin is blood. And not just any blood. Sinless blood. And you know what? There's not one of us that has it. No one does. And so we find an angel coming again. We found a cloud. And now Jesus, the Son of Man, uh, he had this golden hand, uh, crown rather, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And the angel cried out, take that sickle and harvest. And the harvest is not of wheat and barley. The harvest is of sin. What was the penalty, the price? What did sin necessitate? Blood. And so the angel reminds us first there's this gospel message of hope. And there's also this message of judgment. But then John reminds us the day is going to come when we're not going to be able to preach the gospel anymore. Because it's going to be too late. Because Jesus has come back. And those that haven't received that message by faith and received that great gift of salvation and by faith in the work of what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary, will be doomed. 
And I don't think we're to take this literally. I don't think Jesus is really going to come and you know, chop people up. Um, but John wants us to understand that judgment is a very real thing. And it's a very severe thing. And so Jesus says he takes that sickle that you know, the harvesters would use to gather up uh, the crops the, as they harvested the fruits cut it away from the vines and the branches. And so he says, you know what? Go. And then put that fruit in the wine press of God's judgment. And that gives us this picture, you know, that people that were put into this wine press, blood came out. up to the horse's bridle. In other words, it was pretty thick and went on for hundreds of miles. In other words, this flow of sinful blood went on for a long time and was very deep, which means there are a whole lot of people who found out too late that Jesus was indeed the Son of God and that he would have saved them from certain judgment and they rejected it. And so Jesus shed his innocent blood so that they would not have to shed their blood. Their blood, remember, was not sinless and couldn't atone for anyone's sin, including their own. And yet that blood was going to be spilt. That blood was going to be demanded of them. And, and John wants us to understand. Uh, and by the way, he's not talking about that because he talks about later on those that die in their sins spend eternity in hell alive and in pain and in agony. And so we're not to take this literally that these people were smushed by this wine press and their, their blood flowed. John's using this as a, an analogy and a picture to help us to understand how serious death uh, uh, judgment is and how uh, destructive sin is. So he reminds us there's two sermons, there's two points that John is making as he wraps up this parenthesis. And the first is he reminds those that have been faithful that there's a reward coming and that God knows your faithfulness and God sees your works and he hears your song of praise. And he has a work for you to do. But then secondly, he reminds the on the other side of the coin is that Jesus is coming back. And for those that are prepared and ready, that will be a joyful time. But those that are not ready, they'll come to realize and they'll understand that Jesus was who he said he was. And they will bow. John's going to tell us later on, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But far many folks are going to realize that too late. As you see, when you realize it in 
heaven, when you realize it at the judgment seat, it's too late to realize it. Your fate is already sealed. Because you rejected the offer of salvation that Jesus gave to whosoever, Paul says, calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that is a great message. The gospel is a wonderful thing. But it also reminds us that there's consequences for rejecting it. And there are a lot of people here on earth that you know, think they've lived high on the hog and they've had a good life and they're going to find out their life wasn't good at all because it didn't have God in it. And they are going to wish that they would not have traded eternity for temporary happiness and stuff because they're going to spend eternity in torment. So understand there really is a song that God has prepared and only the redeemed can sing and there is a sermon that God's people are to proclaim that we're to warn. But then we have to remember there is a judgment. We mentioned missionaries earlier. Why do we send Hannah all the way from Mississippi, young 22-year-old young lady? Has some tremendous talents. We could use them here. And yet we're going to send her to Japan four or 5,000 miles away from home to people who are very different than she is. And it's going to cost a lot of money to send her, and it takes a lot of money to send the 100 other missionaries that we have. Why do we do that? Because we understand the reality that yes, there's a song and there's a sermon, but there's also a sickle. And God's judgment is coming. And we understand that, that hell is so real and so awful, we don't want anybody to go there. And so we send people who are willing, who God has called. And we send them to proclaim the message of the gospel to warn folks on our behalf. Because though we're not there in Japan with Hannah, we're there in spirit as we pray for her and as we give offerings to help keep her, to get her there and then to keep her there. Why do we spend time sharing with anybody? Because there's a song in our heart and, and songs that are great can't be kept in. You got to sing them out. We know there's a message to preach because God has commissioned us. He said, Go into all the world. And as you are going, make disciples of all nations. There it is. We're reminded again that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. People from every nation tribe, tongue, and people. Everyone. I'm so glad the gospel is so powerful and God's love is so mighty that no one is excluded from the offer. And I hope you are as well. And so John wraps up this parenthesis again as an encouragement to us uh, and because what's already come in the book of Revelation is not pretty. But what's coming next is worse. 
And so John wants to remind, hey, listen, yes, it, th there are difficult things that we have to face in life. But even through those difficulties, God's still faithful. And God wins. God wins the game. So let's stand together and we'll be dismissed uh, for Sunday school uh, this morning. Brother George, would you pray?